Welcome, Balanced Achievers. Today, we are honored to have a true powerhouse in the entrepreneurial landscape joining us, Anton Harrisonken. He's not just an entrepreneur. He's a force of nature based in the vibrant city of Melbourne, Australia. Anton is the wizard behind multiple successful businesses. And what makes it even more incredible is that he's achieved this with no day-to-day tasks weighing him down, thanks to his powerhouse virtual assistant team. Anton's philosophy revolves around push your potential ferociously. And nothing gets him more excited than helping people transform their dreams into millions. Anton's mantra is simple but profound. We come in like magic and provide a kick-ass team to care for your business like it's our own. Anton's approach is not just about business. It's about elevating others to new heights of success. Get ready to be inspired by the passion, energy, and decades of wisdom Anton brings to the table. Join us as we uncover the mindset and strategies that have propelled him to the summit of entrepreneurial success. So let's once again extend a very warm welcome to Anton. Yeah. Hey, it's a great pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Phoebe. My pleasure. So, Anton, you have six active businesses. And, of course, during your entire lifetime as an entrepreneur so far, I believe it's maybe dozens of them. Absolutely. I've been involved. I've been involved in hundreds of businesses over that time. People keep asking me to be a part of what they're doing. And I love business. Like, if I have an addiction nowadays, it's growing and developing people's businesses. So, it's very hard for me to say no when I'm offered equity or partnerships or short-term positions. Um, but yeah, it really is my passion to keep learning. I, I get the privilege of being involved in like like people's businesses and it's like a lab to me. You know, obviously I don't want to break anyone's business, but I can do little experiments to see what works and what doesn't and what I can take from this industry over here and put into this industry. And, you know, that's one of the great things about my life and and, and the way I've, been, I've ended up kind of shaping my career. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. So, mm. Anton, I know at the moment you have uh, a few very interesting business going, you know, mm-hmm. including uh, Fight Legends Stream Leader mm-hmm. and a very exciting one, which is a VA company, Harrison mm-hmm. Kerr. And I know it's mm-hmm. built on a very special business model to mm-hmm. come back mm-hmm. and a purposeful company. Absolutely. Yeah. The VA company is is something I'm super passionate about um, because we are out to make people wealthy. Uh, And traditionally the VA companies that are around, especially if they're like, because we are a Melbourne based company and we work with people all over the world, but traditionally companies with models like ours just pay the people overseas as little as they can. But our, our, and actually, to be honest with you, we started out not with the vision of doing that, but ended up, kind of doing that just by accident because we weren't making profits to the level that we needed to to pay these people well. 
we turned our model on its head um, and actually started like giving these people a share of the profits in the company. And now where we're at is we have this growing team. We'll be at about 100 strong very soon, like early this year. Uh, but our trajectory is 30,000 people in the next 30 years. Not that we'll have 30,000 people in the company at the one time, but they'll come through our processes. They'll be coached, trained, and developed by us. They'll be earning a profit share. We'll be teaching them how to invest. We'll be, um, yeah, I guess creating them as leaders in their lives, whether that's at work, with our clients, or at home. Uh, and we are dealing with with the Philippines, India, Mexico, Nigeria, all sorts of places all around the world. Um, and it's like at Russia, Ukraine, <laughs> you name it. Like we are, we went, we want it. There's, there's really no kind of emerging kind of markets and economies that we don't want to deal with um, and give these people opportunities. And so everybody wins with this model and we're really proud of it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And um I also personally believe the purposeful company approach is the way to go. Mm, absolutely. I, I think this ties back into well-being, you know, the whole concept of this podcast, you know, well-being. I know that when I wake up in the morning, every day, like every seven days a week, I am excited about what the day has to offer. I don't know what's coming at me. I know I'm going to have problems to solve. I know some days are going to be harder than others. I know some days my physicality, like my, I might have a cold or I might be run down or, you know, I might be stressed. But I also know that that day is going to be incredibly rewarding in some way or another. And so you know, it's, it's my pleasure waking up in the morning. I like spring out of bed, running towards the coffee machine. And, uh, and I can't wait to get into it, you know, every day. Uh, that's the way to go. When, when you do something you love, you know, there's that uh, famous saying, you never work another day yeah that's right i agree i agree so anton i'd like to use the opportunity today to really do a reflection on your own entrepreneurship journey sure a lot of the audience here with us listening to this podcast uh, they are very early stage entrepreneurs who are just starting their business Mm -hmm. so i wonder what was it like when you just started, you know, at 19 years of age? Mm. At that time, what are the biggest challenges that you faced, mm. especially well-being-wise, and how did you approach them? Mm. Well, I was very ill-equipped to go into business. Let's say that. You know, I came out of school, didn't do that well at school. I did very well at computer science, English, English lit, and pretty much failed everything else. And my parents had invested in my schooling, sent me to a private school. And so there was this kind of guilt. And it wasn't because I wasn't smart or it was simply because I was distracted. I, I lacked self-discipline. I lacked work ethic. Um, I lacked enjo- passion for learning. In fact, I'd started to resist learning. And so that became a theme for my life, which caught, which had an impact on my well-being, actually, because Really what happened was after school, I went and got a couple of very short-term jobs. Like I think I worked in a, te- in a Telstra call center for a few months. Um, I think I worked as a debt collector for a few months. I was only 19, so it wasn't, I wasn't very effective at either, actually. But then I was like, okay, I'm going, I don't, want, I, want to, I don't want people telling me what to do because I'm insecure about that. So I'm going to start my own business. That's pretty much the context for starting a business for me. 
And that came with a whole new set of challenges because that worked for a while and I did some work, but I was not, that work ethic issue was still a factor. So I found myself behind. I'd be late for doing, I was working on people's computers. I'd be late for appointments. Um, I might have been out with my friends the night before. I might be tired. I might be unprepared. And then I might forget to send invoices, all sorts of things. It was a, it was a mess, right? A 19-year-old mess all created because this because I didn't really want to go to uni because I thought that would just be more of the same of school. And so it was like a resistance, okay? So when you're operating and, and the way that you're operating is because you're just resisting something, there's no cheese down that tunnel, <laughs> you know? There is no, it's, it's, it's not the best way to start a business at all, you know? Um, so one I, over time, like I, I developed business partnerships and I moved from one business to the next and I evolved my skills. But it was all around this kind of rotten core, if you like, a rotten core of doing business. And so throughout those years, like say from 20 to 30, I would kind of deal with that by drinking. I would deal with that by... Um, and, and my businesses were never successful, never. Like they would always have like maxed out credit cards. Everything would be just in time to pay or late. Um, I would have plenty of unhappy clients. <laughs> I would have like, and yet somehow I survived in business. I, I, I survived, but actually survival is the best way I would describe it. Now that, if you think about that from a well-being perspective, it's not good. I was just lucky genetically, I think. Um, and I had like a determination out of this resistance came a determination to succeed because I thought, I, I, what else am I going to do? I don't know what else I can do. I don't want to go back to school as a 30-year-old and start studying again. Um, and then like after a period of time, I started to work on myself. Probably uh, my, my, my first kids were born when I was like 30. My, my, first, my daughter was born when I was 30. Um, and that began, became the beginning. I actually bought into a business coaching company at 30 as well. So I became a business coach. I'd had enough experience and I'd also had enough experience on how to run a business badly. And that became incredibly valuable in coaching people. And, and I was good at coaching. I was great at um, getting in people's worlds, understanding them, especially kind of digging out, fishing out these resistances because that was me so much. So that became the beginning of a well-being journey that at 49 now, like if we fast forward from 30 to 49, it's taken me this long um, and I have a completely different outlook on business now. And, you know, it's not, it's like what I would say about well-being now for me is that there is a pull like in the universe, I'll say the universe in absence of some other way of describing it, there is a pull for everything to crumble to be torn apart, to die, you know, that is the pull, okay? And then as an entrepreneur, my job is to keep everything moving upwards, scaling, expanding, growing, you know, but left to their own devices, people, things will just deteriorate, including myself. So the well-being has become about getting, A, that that is happening. Like there is a, a universal pull around me, for everything to deteriorate. Like the second I take my attention off something, it's going to start to deteriorate. And then working out, okay, well, what am I willing to put my attention on? Because I can't put my attention on everything. 
and my well-being will i don't drink anymore you know i don't party i don't socialize really like i'm very focused on my family and my business and jujitsu um so my well-being is kind of looked after in those areas and then with business i need to focus now on some select things which will give me the personal and the financial reward and help me achieve my the, the things i want to achieve before i leave this planet <laughs> so I, I don't know that was quite long-winded but hopefully all of that landed uh, i think it's uh, very insightful and it's very real and honest and mm. it's uh, exactly what would help our audience yeah mm, great um you know you touched on and i think it's an amazing transformation you have achieved for your personal life and professional life mm-hmm But I also understand, you know, habits such as drinking and other things, they form over time. Mm. When you're really changing that, changing this habitual kind of behavior mm-hmm. is quite difficult mm. during this time that you are transforming yourself. So yeah. I wonder what helped you? Is it any particular strategies or maybe thinking patterns you're intentionally starts to cultivate yourself towards? Mm. Sure. Great question. Um, so it's a mixture of things. Like I think people have their formula that works for them. I, I, I don't subscribe to like weaning yourself from something. You know, I tried to give up alcohol, cigarettes, even some drugs at some point in my life. I tried to give these things up in a kind of a, in a way where I would still allow myself to dabble. Um, and I found that that just doesn't work for me. Um, But what I also found is when when I create a game in my life that's much bigger than myself, I have no desire for those things anyway. Like the, my desire for those things creeps in when my, my game is too small. So what I do is I create big life goals that I may never achieve and that keep me entertained. And then I just don't, like it's it's so it became it was so easy to give up alcohol when I discovered that. And the other thing about that is like my personal growth journey continues. I'm always doing many courses, multiple courses about, around personal development, business development, sales, marketing. I'm reading books. I'm constantly I'm a knowledge taking machine <laughs> and not only do I take on that knowledge but I implement almost everything. There is Like one of the things I've really discovered about life is to be coachable first, not to come up with reasons why I should or shouldn't. So more often, if you coach me, like let's say we agree on a coaching session and Phoebe says, I want you to get up every morning, get into an ice bath and I want you to do a five kilometer run, okay, every day from now on for the next 30 days. I'm not going to say, oh, but it's too cold. Oh, but I can only run one kilometer right now. I'm just going to do both of those things. I'm going to do them badly maybe, but I'm going to do them without questioning you because that, because that is how I coach people. I want people to, when I'm coaching them, I don't want, like they can question from the perspective of curiosity, but the whole thing is the world has so much to offer and all we have when we kind of question and reason is our own past, which has already gotten in our way, right? So There's no value there for me to question what my coaches are telling me to do because I will just get more of the same if I keep doing what I've always done. 
So yeah, being coachable and taking on crazy kinds of coachings, like anything, I'll do anything at all to advance and develop myself. Not, I mean, nobody's ever asked me to do anything malicious or dangerous. So it's not really an issue. You know, no one, no coaches don't tend to do that. <laughs> they want you to succeed. So whatever they say to do, I'll do. And then inside of that, because I'm learning so much and growing so much, I never have a desire to go get drunk <laughs> or, you know, or even take time off. I want to, I want to play, I want to play with these new tools and toys until I expand them to their fullest. Mm. Wonderful. And I suppose in a way, you know, we interpret this as really occupy your time. Yeah. Yeah. With productive, with positive activities. Yeah. So really to squeeze out the opportunities <laughs> to your full so, back of bad habits. <laughs> so well said. In fact, someone said to me once, a coach said to me, life is going to use you 100%. So the only thing you have a say over is what are you going to make that 100% up of, you know? Like you have a say in that. So choose carefully. Yeah, exactly. Such wise words. Now, oh. Anton, if I may, one more question around this. Yeah. <laughs> Just getting into a bit more detail. Mm. Uh, I suppose if I use my, myself as a, as a real example, mm -hmm. when I shift myself to a new cycle, to a new behavior pattern, mm -hmm. that, you know, it's more positive, more productive for myself. I do notice these times I bounce back mm -hmm. to the old times. And I know the attitude and what we say in our mind during these times are super important. Mm -hmm. I just wonder, you know, if you reflect on those times, very challenging, you know, it's just very tempted to go back. Mm. And maybe sometimes you went back drinking for a day or two or something like that. Mm. And then what's going on in your mind to help you to pull yourself up back mm -hmm. to the new habitual pattern? Yeah. So the first thing that's, that comes up for me around that question is, do I genuinely believe I am capable of anything? Okay. So let's say that I have a setback, a major setback, and then I start drinking again, even though it's been seven years since I've touched alcohol. So right, let's say I drink tomorrow. Okay. Um. When I, when I, after my drinking's done, okay, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to wake up and the conversation with myself, the inner dialogue will be there. It's there for all of us. The inner dialogue wants to keep us small, wants to keep us in the cave so we don't go get it, go out and get eaten by a lion or whatever, right? In primal times. So the inner dialogue is going to say, Anton, see, you're a failure. You were never going to make it. You should have just given up. You've wasted all of this time. And then it's my job to step outside of that, to recognize that that inner dialogue is not actually me. It's a mechanism within me to keep me small, to have me not try, to have me give up, quit, etc. Mm. It's up to me to recognize, to carve that out. That's not a piece of me. And me, I'm capable of anything. So it's like, okay, that's a setback. Setbacks are normal. Setbacks are part of life. They're always going to be there. But now what? What do you want to create, Anton? What's next? Do we start counting the days again? Do we do we not count the days anymore? Like what 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 was the breakdown? Get to the source of the actual breakdown as well. Why did you drink, Anton? Like what what made you think that that was going to help anything? So get interested in the source and create something new and recognize that the inner dialogue is not myself. Mm. It's some other mechanism. It's a survival mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. So true. 
And I, I also like to add a bit of my personal insight on this one because <laughs> hey, yeah. uh, I've been managing this for myself the entire lifetime as well, right? Right. Just mm -hmm. move to new cycles and new, uh, more productive uh, habits and patterns. Mm -hmm. And I find, apart from just the wise words Anton shared, you know, the way that we talk to ourselves play a very important part. Sure. Right. Yeah. So, for example, if uh, the tomorrow, like my thing is like, I like to watch movies. Okay. <laughs> I like watch movie marathons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, That's good. So, you know, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Mm. And I notice if I sometimes speak into the, the mode of, oh, I just want to watch movie all day today. Mm -hmm. What I would say to myself is, you know, Phoebe, it's okay. Yes. <laughs> You like movies, but you know there's an opportunity cost there, right? Mm, I love it. <laughs> you can't do this work, for example, to make this wonderful podcast happen. Mm -hmm. Other things of your life happen, right? So let's just gather ourselves. And if you really want, which one? Yeah? <laughs> watch yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, opportunity yeah. cost. I totally agree. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. That's mm. right. So it's, it's really not so much about the conversation, like exactly like how I took, but rather the approach and attitude we take in having these conversations with us. It's not about blaming or judging and downgrading ourselves, but rather than it's more like a almost a negotiating and kindly talk mm. or talking to wonderful best friends, how yeah. you would have accepted them just the way they are it's okay yeah. that compassion is really present in your self-speech right. yeah that's right oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> and also you know talk to yourself in an encouraging way mm. and anton just touched on you know we dive into if we can understand why the cause of we slip back into the old pattern and even if you can't figure it out it's okay yeah. Focus your energy on elevating yourself, on moving yourself up. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, sometimes getting to the source is important. Sometimes getting to the source is not even relevant, you know, because sometimes the source of why something happened is actually a byproduct in itself. So sometimes it's a complete waste of time trying to get to the source. Yes. I completely agree. So acknowledging, yeah, I'm right there with you, acknowledging that, there, that something has happened mm -hmm. compassionately. And then creating something new for the future. Why not? You know? Yeah, exactly. That's this where we put our energy and focus on that really matters. Yeah. Isn't That's it? brilliant. I love it. Yeah. And even if we are putting our energy on something that we believe is good, on fighting against the old habit, the bad habits. So it doesn't matter, you know, how you term this, but that's where you put your energy on, whether for mm. or against, that cause itself absorbs all the energy. Yeah. So next I'm time. I'm not so convinced yeah. that life is like easy for anybody. You know, I, I, I don't believe the hype that I see on Instagram and everywhere else. I know that for me, my life is real hard, you know, but I make it hard. I know I probably make it harder than many, but um. 
I also believe that if I just cut everything out, started saying no 10 times more than I say yes, for example, life would become just as hard or very hard still, but in a different way, you know? So I really don't think that we ever, like part of the human condition is, you know, as I said, there's a pull for deterioration, degradation, setbacks, failure. There's a, there's a condition, there's a, and acknowledging that, being compassionate about that, um, and actually just growing through that is probably the most rewarding thing. Actually, my growth through all of the hard times has been some of the greatest upside of it ever. Like I'm incredibly resilient as a result of the, the setbacks, more so than the wins, the wins that don't give me much growth at all. Oh, I so resonate with it. It's really the difficult times we learn the most. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So now uh, we are coming to the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And Anton, I'd like to throw a quite interesting question. Sure. You have the magical power to travel back in time mm-hmm. uh, to your early 20s. Yeah. 20s, 30s. That's uh, uh, mm. where a lot of people start their own business the first time. Mm. What would you tell yourself? What kind of advice would you give yourself? I think I would say it's okay, Anton. It's okay. You don't have to prove anything to yourself or to others. You can take help. You can be part of a team. You can let go of trying to prove that you don't have to go to uni and you can just start to really discover yourself and what's possible for you now. Don't wait. Don't wait till you hit some sort of rock bottom or a situation forces that. Just actually give up trying to prove anything and grow and it will all open up for you. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Amazing words. Now, lastly, Anton, very conscious of uh, the time uh, I just took from you and very final question that I will ask uh, any of our featured guests is what would be one book you recommend uh, our entrepreneurs to read? Mm, one book. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I have a long list that I prescribe to my clients and friends and associates, everyone, family. But probably a game-changing book for me was Sapiens. Um, who's the author? Sapiens. Sapiens is by... Um, Yuval Noah Harari. This is an amazing book. It talks about where we originated from as a species. Some of it's hypothetical because we just don't have all of the evidence, but it's powerful. It talks about how we evolved alongside other um, other species very similar to us, how we ended up being who we are, a lot of our hardwired kind of primal instincts. And I see them, like when I look around, I see it everywhere. You know, it's all pervasive. It's, it's, it's ingrained in us. Um, things like, for example, um, well, if you take a chimpanzee and you put that chimpanzee, take it away from its family at birth and its tribe and everything else, and you raise it and you put it back in with another group of chimpan- chimpanzees later, it's hardwired kind of, operating system will have it kind of fit back in relatively well okay but with a human being we are literally the only the only um, 
being in existence that can there is no fixed way it has to be like there are whole tribes that are cannibal there are whole tribes that are lesbian there are whole tribes that are whatever you know like you name it there's a tribe for it yeah. and that is why tribes kind of evolve but no one no other animal kind of has that capability and with that comes so much but di- diving into these sorts of things and how you know the place gossip has the place you know, as far as dealing with larger groups of people and how we evolve to believe in symbols like gods and, and whatever else these things matter so much in the way that we interact with people and we take a lot of it for granted so sapiens is a book i recommend and all of his other books as well yeah amazing and that's i would say one of the best book i recommend as well so awesome I like <laughs> that's great yeah anton what to thank you very much for your time yeah. for this uh, amazing sharing with all absolute absolute privilege to be here with you thank you for kind of getting this stuff out of me because i don't get to talk about it very often so it's really nice to share it and i really acknowledge what you're doing for your community and uh yeah if i'm happy to be a guest whenever whenever you need someone <laughs> okay uh, thank you so much anton so once again everyone the amazing anton harrison kens thank you awesome. awesome thanks everybody